Hi, this is Amika van Giersbergen and you are listening to the broadcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Randy Salo, and with me today, calling in from the Netherlands, I'm very delighted to invite Annika van Giersbergen onto the show. Hi, Annika. Hi, man. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, you have an album coming out on February 26th via Inside Out, The Darkest Skies Are the Brightest. Yes. Are you excited? Very, yeah. It's always like you always like write and record for a year, maybe sometimes more. And uh, when it's done and you're happy with it, then it's, yeah, very excited. Yeah. Um, the last few years, um, um, people that listen to like progressive metal and stuff uh, have, have know the projects you've been involved with, like Vur and The Gentle Storm, and of course your work with Devin Townsend. But this album reflects the singer-songwriter in you that those of us that follow you on social media will know that that's a whole other part, a big part of your musical world. Apart from the personal, intimate nature of the record, uh, did you plan to record a a more singer-songwriter album in the future? Well, not n- not when I started writing um, this album, because I was actually uh, going to write uh, as a metal album for my band Vuur, um, because I wanted that um project to keep on rolling like a diesel train you know just to keep it fueling and um, but um everything that came out of me and out of my pen was just like really soft and emotional and and um yeah so i had to change my ways i had to change plans and, and make this solo acoustic album however i've been wanting to make a solo acoustic album for a long long time because i've been always doing uh, solo acoustic shows, just me and the guitar, you know, in an intimate setting. and uh, But I never have the album to accompany those shows. So therefore, I'm also happy that um, that this is coming out now that I made one, you know. Um, that actually leads me to a question that I would ask later first. But first, let's talk about the record. Um, the title, The Darkest uh, Skies Are the Brightest, I think this this can certainly speak to uh, a lot of us in some way right now. I feel like I, I can also draw some some feelings from this title. Um, but what is the album for you, and uh, what does the title mean for you? Well, in in we all have our difficulties in in life, right? It's it's not a question of trying to avoid our challenges or so, but if we if we, you know, face them head on, it's all about how you deal with them. And I think um, you have to go through a little bit of darkness to get to the light place in your life. And I think in the end, we all want to get there, but just sometimes we just don't know how. But in this, in the midst of this dark place where we sometimes are, are the answers, you know? So we always should look for the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, the light place. It's another way of saying saying every dark cloud has its silver lining. Um, you know, we have to go through these challenges to in order to grow as human beings, you know. And I mean, you've been kind of open about uh, the the subject of the record, um, but what inspired the the making of this album then? Well, I, 
there was a, like a few years back, there was a lot uh, happening at the same time in my, in my life. So in my personal life, I had some tr- struggles in my relationship with my, with my husband, Rob and uh, my family. And um, we individually had a lot of stuff going on like Rob and, and I, but also there was Vur, my band that I was, you know, getting to wanting to be on the scene. You know, I started this like whole project from, from nothing uh, with a new name, new music. And that was like slow, that all went slower than I expected. So I had to like work super hard to, to keep the band on the road and so on. So at one point it was just too much, like anything, uh, uh, separately it was would be okay but it was yeah, like it was stacking up it was too much um, so yeah so so um, I had to you know pull the brakes and uh, get myself into confined space you know a little house in the woods start writing start clearing my head start this creative process about this about this huge amount of chaos in my life and uh, yeah that worked out well because I could clear my head I could focus I could write uh, songs that kind of helped me in a cathartic kind of way to cope with everything thanks for sharing that with us I mean I think there's like these two sides to being an artist um, that maybe is difficult for people who aren't to understand that in one way perhaps this this was a means for you to deal with things and now you're releasing it to the public and kind of bearing your soul. Um, and, and in this case, some, some very, very personal things you're, you're sharing with the world. Um, how, how is that process now of, of releasing these things that are very personal to you, very intimate to you and your family even, and giving them to the world to then make a part of their story in a way? Um, how, how does that feel for you? Yeah, that... It's a it's a double feeling because at, on the one hand you you kind of release this music in which all your emotions and feelings are locked up and it's now open to everybody to criticize as well you know or or to love but um, that's a, sometimes it's always a little bit scary but now for sure because it's so personal on the other hand you know when this whole um, uh, pandemic situation started. I was just in the midst of, uh, um, you know, um, writing at the end of writing, recording this album. And I was thinking now, okay, so now the world is burning. Um, there's so many things going on with the me too and the black lives matter. And so my stuff that I'm going through seems futile, you know, it seems not important. So should I talk about this? But, um, I found out that a lot of people, are kind of going through the same things as I am because it's just life, you know? Everybody goes through the same thing. Everybody's looking for love. Everybody's fighting for what they, you know, believe and so on. So in the end, everything that I'm going through is just universal because, you know, it's mm, it's no drama, but it's just life. And and then I found, yeah, if I just talk about it, yeah, I give other people the opportunity to just yeah, think about things or talk about it and get a lot of reactions about people sending their life story or, you know, their things that they deal are dealing with. And so that feels good. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
since you 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 went you went away and sort of wrote these things um, on your own, your voice, your guitar. How did the actual recording process of the album come about? What was what was the mechanics of of like putting the of putting the record together? Well, at first, I like I said, I went to this little house and I recorded a lot of demos. So I re- was writing and recording then, um, also with the 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 idea that when something is like really good or just has like this good flow or it's it's okay or the vocal lines are good then uh, I can, I'm allowed to keep it that way. It's like we can build, these are already building blocks for the, the later uh, recording sessions. Um, so that I did that and then I went to Gijs Kolen, his studio. Um, Gijs is a friend of mine, he's a producer, very good guitar player, played a, played a lot of you know, all the instruments and everything. So, um, so I went to his studio and then, you know, went from there, went from my demos and we recorded obviously a lot of stuff so that so it was kind of like even with guys in the studio is it was nothing fancy you know just me and him sitting at the desk and thinking okay this needs some you know this needs some uh percussion and we did a lot of body percussion you know (laughs) (laughs) and stuff like that and everything that he had in his studio like old drum kits and we kind of mixed and matched uh, stuff to make like new uh, percussion uh, kits and so on so it was like yeah it was very um very relaxed atmosphere and and apart from the work that you did and and the producer did you have any other soloists come on or any other instrumentalists to 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 play any parts um yeah we had some additional instruments uh like there was uh, two different drummers did some drumming uh on the album we had a bass player did a few songs and then we have this wonderful um uh, uh violin quartet string quartet and i asked somebody to write uh, for this string quartet some arrangements and he did this like in this amazing arrangements for a couple of songs like they think four or five songs and they're called the magic strings the four women they're amazing so they played on the album too and they made the songs way better and uh, beautiful so yeah um when i was listening to the record i've thought a lot about about your actually i actually recently watched the isolation sessions you did last year and you actually did um losing you like an early version of that song and when i heard it when i heard you play it i already had heard uh from the record the version and it made me think like how when when this pandemic you know, releases its grip on all of us, and you're you're able to go back on the road. Um, how do you imagine bringing this record uh, on tour? Would you like to do it just with you and the guitar, or would you like to bring more? Or what did you have in mind for that? Yeah, I would like to uh, do that. That, like you said, just like uh, me and the guitar in a personal, intimate setting, doing these songs. You know, and also uh, uh, including some back catalog stuff, and but all so, all solo acoustic, and then perhaps when we have some uh, specials, I can ask uh, the string quartet and ask guys to, you know, accompany me on the guitar. We form a little band, but in initially the idea is to just for me to go on the road with the guitar. Uh, what kind of venues would you would you look for for that kind of a tour? 
Well, there's a lot of seated venues, obviously, and theaters that are very uh, uh, good for this kind of uh, situation. But even in a club, you can do this kind of setting. You know, even people can put chairs in a club, but even people standing. It's it's all about creating this atmosphere uh, together, you know, with the audience. So that's where I'm going for. I've been doing that for a long time as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so... And I love it. I love this way of, of playing because also in a solo acoustic environment, you can tell a little bit of stories and crack some jokes and be like a little bit close to the audience. So so I'm really looking forward to that. I thought of that when, when I watched the isolation sessions that you, 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 you continue to speak to the audience, um, although they weren't necessarily present in the room and and then you yeah. don't have this this return from them or laughter or um, such like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, it would be great to to see you back on the road and with your people. <laughs> so for to say. sure, for sure. I think a lot, you know, big percentage of an atmosphere, maybe 50-50, is the audience reacting and, and uh, you know, to have that atmosphere. However, it wasn't, you know, I was a bit nervous to do this uh, for the first time with no audience and but I would just picture everybody you know sitting on the couch listening you know and laughing at my jokes <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's nothing like the real thing man nothing um, uh, as, a, as a film person myself uh, I wanted to ask you a few questions about the videos you did um, because I think they're, they're really cool um, the ones you did for Hurricane and My Promise particularly um I think you worked with the same director for both and they both had a sort of similar feel to me, like the way things were staged, the way the camera moved and the stories sort of within that movement, uh, I really admired. Would you, would you talk about the two, um, videos? Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, um, I, I worked with a Belgian guy. He, he lives in Holland, Jasper. And he's a wonderful director who is very, uh, into working with, um, musicians uh, and he knows you know music and that's that's a big part you know, like he knows what you're talking about he knows what you want to portray um so um so that's that's a big plus um and he and his team are, are great so he he knows exactly like if if i had an idea for a video he knows exactly how to how to put that into um uh, a visual and it's it's something that an, a, an an auditive artist is not particularly able to do, right? So you need somebody to make your videos. I, at least I do. So yeah, and also in the videos, it's a it's important as in the songs and as in the albums to portray like the darkness and the light, you know, to find a balance between darkness and light. So sometimes the lyrics could be dark, but you kind of see this massive light, you know, environment where we are in and, and so on, you know. So that was that was pretty important to me to have that. Um, the, the restaurant you filmed in, I think My Promise, it looks amazing, actually. <laughs> like like a very it? cool yeah. space and... And how you used it in, you know, and the camera work to to kind of reveal the story and the different people's, the different couples intersecting stories to the end, I thought was a very great use of the space. 
Yeah, well, th- like it. The, the cool thing is, is the restaurant is is a few blocks from our place, oh. and we we used to eat there all the time. But now it's obviously closed with the pandemic, yeah. and um, so yeah, we could film there totally uh, no problem. So that was nice, and and uh, it's an old machinery building for uh, for Philips. Um, so it it has all these like huge machines and. and great so it's a great environment and it's super light so and we wanted to with this video we wanted to have kind of the feeling of a one taker and then just moving through the building singing the song and then you would see the the difficult people uh, the different people in in their uh, in various stages of, of life and in hurricane i had the feeling like with the first set that you had I call it a set because it felt to me like a bit like a TV set, right? Like this TV yeah. living room. And then yeah, you like... We, we built it, yeah. yeah. We built the whole thing, yeah. Um, what was the concept behind that? And then you sort of tear down the curtain and then enter this other place with the lights hanging. And Would you talk about your vision for that? Um, for that? Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a, like in your own surroundings, in your own living room kind of feeling. Um and the lyrics are a little bit like uh, reluctant and, uh, you know, it's still uncertain where, as to where we have to go from here. And then with the curtain dropping and with everything going black, then sometimes there's the answer, right? You have to search for the lights and you see all these little light bulbs and it becomes lighter and lighter and more and more light bulbs. So more and more um you know more and more ways to get to the light from there on and the whole thing goes wide open if if i see my bandmates and we make this music together or in other words we kind of solve this whole thing together you know so it's kind of a, a story but romantic enough and poetic enough for for anybody else to put their own story into it. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but think of like the pandemic situation, <laughs> being stuck at home and the need to be Totes. with others. You know, yeah, right? yeah, totes. Yeah. Uh, one last question about the videos. You, you at the at the at the end, I believe, of both videos, you have this heart that's like, what is that <laughs> exactly? What is the construction? It's the the heart is in all the videos and it's in in the photos and in and our artwork and everything um and it's kind of it's kind of the broken heart that's been healed right so it's all little bits and pieces put back together and i also was very inspired by this japanese um art form that's called kintsugi and it says that if something is broken and then fixed again it's much more beautiful and interesting because it has been going through something. So for a life, uh, somebody's life, that's the same thing for a person. When, when, when you go through things, you can see, you know, you have, you know, you have a life because you go through things. If you go through nothing, you're shallow, you know? And even so with real scars, people who have real scars. We always are intrigued. Like, Oh, that's a beautiful scars. Were you in the war? Did you have an accident? You know, what happened? Are you burned somewhere? Or like, and so people are instantly more interesting if they have scars that they can show. So perfect people are 
they don't exist, you know? And I think this is a lovely philosophy. And they even say, if you fix it with glue that is golden or silver, then it's even more beautiful, you know? You put the emphasis on the things you have fixed and that, I think that's true. So this heart is the whole Kintsugi thing and, and you know, I love it. Yeah, cool. Um, up, so th with the album coming out, um, what do you have and what do you have planned for the rest of the year as far as one can plan? What else do you have going on in your musical world? Yeah, well, we, we um, I'm planning something really nice to go online uh, after the album's been released. Um, so that's kind of a... Uh, that's because we can't tour we do something online um but if i can tour again if we get the green light i will go extensively uh, with my guitar i'll be doing this solo acoustic show uh, for this album but i think proper touring will start in 22 and until that time maybe we can do bits and pieces in summer after summer we'll see and then i still have ideas man for songs so i'll just keep writing as long as we're in lockdown and uh you know stay creative and and see what happens man um the the last thing i want to ask you before uh, we have to let you go is uh we have a little section at the end of our show called what's in your walkman and we try to <laughs> we we ask our 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 guests if there's anything that they're listening to album or single that uh, speaks to them at that moment that they would share with with our listeners or with your fans, if there's anything that comes to mind. Yeah, I've been listening well, for a longer time now, but she always comes back to me. It's a singer-songwriter called Suzanne Sundfog, and she's from Norway, and she makes this beautiful music and... Sometimes it's like electronic even, but uh, a lot of this, her stuff is also uh, acoustic, I guess. Um, she has this voice like an angel. So I, I, most of my favorite vocalists are all male, you know, Freddie Mercury, you name them, you know, this, I love male vocalists. But Suzanne Sundfer is uh, amazing. I keep listening to her uh, this is great yeah is there a particular track we could add uh to we make a little playlist uh for the episode yeah. um where we where we could include it yeah it's called uh, one of the tracks i love most is um reincarnation okay i think we're about out of time uh with your schedule you so i want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show thank you man uh we wish you all the best with uh, the release of the record thank you so much and um to our listeners to our listeners at home, um, thanks for listening to the show. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and listen to great music. The Progcast is a production of Stuus Media and is presented by The Prog Space. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant, and Van Kirsch does our graphics. New episodes of the podcast drop every Monday and Thursday. And don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite new releases from that week. For more interviews and reviews in the written form, check out theprogspace.com. <laughs>